Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If you're familiar oh with that, make some noise. Make some Please make noise. some noise. Don Peebles. Billy brilliant, Tom. brilliant gentleman. The most successful black real estate developer in American history. Absolutely. One of the most successful real estate developers in the world. Um, he probably doesn't want me to say this, but because when we asked him, he, you know, he kind of like... It's not about that. Yeah, but it's important it because is. so many people probably are not familiar with his story. Mm-hmm. And we need to be familiarized with people that have wealth because it's, it's not only inspirational, motivational, but it can actually steer the direction of where you want to go with your career. Yeah, you yeah, don't necessarily right. have to be an athlete or, or entertainer to reach a high level of success. So, you know, Forbes said that he was worth $900 million. That was 10 years ago. But if you know how Forbes does their recording, you have to cooperate with them. Shout and he stopped recording. He stopped cooperating with them 10 years ago. So, I mean, you know, you can kind of gauge it from there. Add that number up with the one I said before. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's very important that we understand, you know, um, that this is somebody that has reached that level, that billion dollar level, not by any means of athletic ability or entertainment, Mm-mm. but through real estate development. And um, was working on building the first black-owned and black-developed skyscraper in Manhattan called the Afro Clap it up for that, please. Yeah. So, without further ado, we will bring out Don Peebles. Cash rules everything around me. Very fitting. Very fitting. (laughs) Clap it up for this great brother again. Yes. Give me more energy for him. This is a legend, y'all. 
Yes, yes. I told him when I met him, my dad um, brought me his book, The People's Principle, when I was uh, probably a teenager. So if anybody has not read that book, it's extremely, extremely good read. And I highly recommend that you read that book. That's one of the must read when it comes to financial literacy, business and investing. So um, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Great to be here. So let's get right into it. So how do you feel the investment market holds for um, Q1 of 2023? Like, what do you, what's your outlook for Q1 of 2023? Time of opportunity. Um, I just heard um, the Einstein of Wall Street on, and I, I agree with his concept. But if I think back, I mean, history repeats itself constantly. So if you go back to 19, between 1978 and 1981, the Federal Reserve raised the interest rates from 6% to 18%. Jesus. And the market kept functioning until it didn't because people didn't catch the interest rates, the economy didn't adjust to the interest rates. But then the interest rates started going back down. And by 1987, I bought my first house and I paid $925,000 for it. And I got a mortgage on it from Citibank that was indexed with LIBOR and the rate was 9.25%. Uh, so I was able to buy a house, pay nine and a quarter percent and feel good about it. So what will happen is that interest rates were just way too low. So, so for example, that house, if I were buying it two years ago, if I had the same money that I was paying on debt service, which in that instance was almost $100,000 a year, that would have bought me a $5 million mortgage. So the question we have to ask ourselves is how much does real estate appreciate and how much does it fluctuate based on interest rates? And interest rates have a lot to do with home values because people borrow money to buy their homes and real estate overall is a leveraged business. And so interest rates affect valuation very quickly. I see Troy over there. I know that look. <laughs> no, you got what, 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 You sure? Yeah, yeah. We'll go like this. Um, I want to ask a question that everyone in the audience wants to know. Let's say we're starting from scratch. And let's just say I was your best friend. How do we get rich in real estate from 2023 to 2025? Is that what you guys want to know? <laughs> Please. How do we get rich in real estate, brother? Well, look, I know a little bit of how to do it because I started off with about $600. And, uh, and then last count, I mean, you know, I was at close to a billion dollars. I think I've done close. a bit better. Let's clap that up for him. That's amazing. Years. Very close. Yeah. Close to a billion. But, but, but right now we are built, we have a pipeline and a portfolio of about $10 billion of real estate. And I started off doing my first building was $10 million. Okay. So real estate's a leveraged business. And so we can't be afraid to borrow. That's the first thing. I mean, I learned a long, long time ago, one of my mentors um, said that if you owe the bank $50,000, you can't sleep at night. If you owe them 50 million, why should you both be awake? <laughs> so, so the idea is to get That's comfortable borrowing money. And what what interest rate would be great to borrow at? I mean, it does. I mean, I think it, it's more about income. Okay. You can do look in the real estate business at the level that we operate in. So, for example, let's take a let's make it easy. Let's take a a billion dollar, a half a billion dollar building. So, a half a billion dollar building, we are going to get sixty percent in debt. Okay, so that's going to be $300 million. And then that other $200 million is equity. 
and I won't put up all that 200 million. I'll go to Goldman Sachs or you know Apollo or one of these private equity funds, and they'll put up 90% of it, and we'll put up 10%. So I'll put up 20 million. They'll put up 180 million dollars. They are going to charge. If we were doing this right now, they would be charging what's called a preferred return of about 14%. Okay. And they'd be looking to earn 25% on their money. So it's really not, it's just the interest rate fluctuation just really affects equity to a degree, except when you're buying very tight deals like cap rate deals on apartment buildings. If you're buying at a 4.5% cap rate and interest rates are 6, then that's a, that's a tough deal to make because you're not making a spread. But real estate's all about leveraging, and so your cost of capital is, you know, one function of it. But it's also what is the market value of the asset. The challenge with residential real estate on right now for, say, buying homes is people's buying power has been diminished significantly because yes. most Americans buy homes with mortgages. And so their buying power has been cut in half at a minimum and it's sometimes more. So six months ago, eight months ago, somebody could buy a million dollar home if they were making $100,000 a year. Now they got to look at a half a million dollar home and so their mindset's not there so that would lead somebody like that to rent and so what happens is when people can't buy they rent and or they can't buy what they want they rent and so what the rental market will continue to get stronger as interest rates go up but what will happen also is how home values will go down and so right now we're in a time of this uncertainty no one kind of knows what's going to happen but the fundamentals for real estate are very good. Unemployment's very low. Yes. Um, income and salaries are high. Wages are high. There's a backlog in demand for products. So every element of the, of the economy fundamentally is good. So it's just, are people willing to pay what it costs to buy? Or will they pay a little bit more to rent and wait until there's another time? So, so right now, our strategic direction um, is that we're focused on buying, um, we're developing rental properties now. No, We did condos before, now our real focus is more on rentals, except at the ultra high level, and then people are buying in cash so they're not interest rate sensitive. Mm -hmm. So during COVID, there was a, this mass exodus, everybody was leaving New York, they said the price is too high, rent's too damn high. I know you have real estate, obviously, uh, developments out in Miami, but the affirmation tower is going to be here in New York City, right? We just had a midterm election. Uh, you know, our governor's still in place. I wonder what your, your thoughts on are the future economy of New York and, and why it's so important that the, the affirmation tower is here. Well, New York is one of, if not the greatest city in the world. So there's always a demand for New York. And what's happened is there's another generation of people who want to come here. New York got a, a little bit more affordable. And also most people in New York rent 75 percent of everybody who lives really? here rents and so the idea that the condo market has softened up just means that the developers who can't sell those condos will now put them in the rental pool so new york is getting younger and i think look new york used to be up until um really bloomberg came in it was a city about creativity, it was a city about excitement, it was a city of diverse people, it was a city of you know, different walks of life financially, just a unique melting pot. And then Mike Bloomberg over 12 years made it almost a, a Beverly Hills or, you know, and you know, it became a money-centered place and everything was about money, it was about money. 
And so property values ran up, especially Mike Bloomberg's focus was attracting really rich people to come here and buy apartments. Well, they ran up the price. Mm -hmm. And so, but that has nothing to do with the fundamentals of New York. It's such a small market. So New York's not dead. It's strong. We can all see it. All the traffic, you know, when we're walking around, going into the stores, you're seeing people shopping, spending money. They're going out to the clubs. Everybody's active here. So New York's going to have an, another big run. I mean, it's an expensive market to get into. So that makes it a bit more challenging as a real estate investor, especially an early investor. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> A mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop.